This is a recast of the 7600-word piece, Learning Techniques, from schnepat.com. This article is about machine learning, its different techniques, supervised, unsupervised, and reinforcement learning, their applications, advantages, limitations, and how they work. Let's listen in. Today, we're diving into the fascinating world of machine learning. Machine learning, or ML for short, is a rapidly evolving field that combines statistics, mathematics, and computer science. It involves developing algorithms and models that enable computers to learn from data and make predictions or decisions without being explicitly programmed. That's right, Paul. An ML has become incredibly popular and important in recent years due to its ability to analyze large and complex data sets. It has a wide range of applications in various domains such as healthcare, finance, and computer vision. The main goal of ML is to create intelligent systems that can process and understand vast amounts of data, identify patterns and trends, and provide valuable insights or predictions. Absolutely. And in this essay, we will explore the different learning techniques used in ML and discuss their strengths, limitations, and real-world applications. But before we dive into that, Let's start with the definition of ML itself. ML, or machine learning, is a subset of artificial intelligence that allows computers to learn from data and make predictions or decisions without being explicitly programmed. This learning process involves the use of algorithms and statistical models that allow computers to identify patterns or relationships in the data and extract useful insights. Right. And the main objective of ML is to develop algorithms that can automatically improve their performance through experience. This means that with more data and training, the algorithm becomes better at making accurate predictions or decisions. That's exactly it. And ML techniques can be broadly classified into three categories, supervised learning, unsupervised learning, and reinforcement learning. These categories depend on the type of data and learning approach used. That's correct. Supervised learning is one popular category of machine learning techniques. It involves training a model using labeled data. This means that the input features are paired with their corresponding output variables. And there are various algorithms used in supervised learning, such as decision trees, logistic regression, support vector machines, and neural networks. Each algorithm has its strengths and weaknesses, so it's important to choose the right one for the data and problem at hand. Absolutely. Decision trees, for example, create a tree-like model of decisions and their possible consequences. They're easy to interpret and comprehend, making them a suitable choice for various applications. Another popular technique is the random forest algorithm, which combines multiple decision trees to make predictions and improve robustness. That's right. Supervised learning is commonly used in many industries, in the healthcare sector, ML algorithms have been utilized to extract valuable insights from large datasets, facilitating precision medicine, disease detection, and personalized treatment plans. ML also plays a pivotal role in the finance industry. It aids in fraud detection, risk management, and investment strategies by analyzing massive amounts of financial data. ML techniques have also transformed the manufacturing process by optimizing supply chain management, predicting maintenance needs, and improving quality control. And let's not forget about the transportation industry. ML algorithms have proven to be beneficial in enabling efficient route planning, predicting demand, 
and implementing robust scheduling systems. Overall, ML has become essential for these industries, enhancing decision-making processes, increasing efficiency, and ultimately driving innovation. Absolutely. Now let's move on to another popular learning technique in machine learning reinforcement learning. Reinforcement learning operates based on a system of rewards and punishments. It's inspired by how humans learn from their actions and the consequences that follow. In reinforcement learning, an agent interacts with an environment and learns to make decisions by trial and error. The agent receives feedback in the form of rewards or penalties based on its actions, which helps it update its knowledge and improve its performance over time. Reinforcement learning has been successfully applied in various domains, such as robotics, game playing, and autonomous vehicles. One notable example is AlphaGo, a computer program that defeated the world champion Go player, demonstrating the power and potential of reinforcement learning. So, as you can see, machine learning is an incredibly powerful tool that has revolutionized many industries. It allows computers to learn from data and make predictions or decisions without being explicitly programmed. Whether it's supervised learning, unsupervised learning, or reinforcement learning, ML techniques have proven to be invaluable in solving complex problems and driving innovation. Absolutely, Avery. And in this article, we specifically focus on supervised learning techniques. Supervised learning is a type of machine learning where the model learns from labeled data. It's like having a teacher who guides the learning process by providing examples and feedback. That's right, Paul. And within supervised learning, there are different types of algorithms that are commonly used. One type is regression algorithms, which are used to predict continuous variables. An example of a regression algorithm is linear regression, which establishes a linear relationship between input variables and the output variable. Another type is classification algorithms, which are used to predict discrete variables. Decision trees and logistic regression are examples of classification algorithms. Decision trees use different techniques to classify data into distinct categories, while logistic regression models the relationship between independent variables and a binary outcome. That's right, Paul. Another limitation is the potential risk of overfitting to the unlabeled data. Overfitting occurs when the model becomes too specialized in fitting the training data and fails to generalize well to new unseen data. Exactly. So, careful consideration and evaluation of the dataset are essential when applying semi-supervised learning techniques. Now, let's talk about some real-world applications of these techniques. One field where semi-supervised learning has found success is image classification and recognition. By using a small set of labeled data and a large set of unlabeled data, these techniques have shown promising results in improving the accuracy of image classification algorithms. Absolutely, Avery, and this is particularly useful in scenarios where obtaining labeled data is expensive or time-consuming. By leveraging the large amount of abundant unlabeled data, the algorithm can enhance its performance without relying solely on a small labeled dataset. Another application of semi-supervised learning is in natural language processing tasks, such as sentiment analysis and document clustering. These techniques can be employed to classify unlabeled text documents based on their underlying sentiment or group similar documents together. Overall, the versatility of semi-supervised learning makes it a valuable tool in various real-world applications, improving the performance and efficiency of machine learning algorithms.
And now let's transition to another topic related to machine learning, deep learning. Deep learning is a subset of machine learning that focuses on neural networks with multiple layers. It's especially effective in dealing with complex problems like image recognition and natural language processing. That's right, Avery. Deep learning algorithms work by mimicking the structure and function of the human brain. They utilize interconnected layers of artificial neurons to process and analyze data. This hierarchical structure allows the model to extract different levels of abstraction from the input data, enabling it to make accurate predictions or classifications. One of the key advantages of deep learning is its ability to automatically learn features from vast amounts of unlabeled data. This eliminates the need for manual feature engineering and can greatly improve the performance of the model. However, it's important to note that training deep neural networks can be extremely resource intensive. It requires significant computational power and can take a long time to train the models. That's an important point, Avery. Now let's move on to the topic of transfer learning techniques in machine learning. Transfer learning is a powerful technique that allows a model to leverage knowledge learned from one task to improve its performance on another related task. It's especially useful when labeled data for the target task is limited or not available. There are several types of transfer learning techniques, including feature extraction and fine tuning. Feature extraction involves using pre-trained models to extract high-level features from a given dataset. This can be useful when you have a large labeled dataset in one domain and want to transfer that knowledge to a related domain with limited labeled data. Fine-tuning, on the other hand, involves taking a pre-trained model and further training it on a new task with limited labeled data. This allows the model to adapt to the specific nuances of the new task while still leveraging the knowledge acquired from the pre-training. By utilizing transfer learning techniques, models can benefit from the knowledge acquired on previous tasks, leading to improved accuracy and efficiency. Transfer learning also provides opportunities to apply machine learning models to real-world problems that may not have sufficient labeled data. It's a valuable tool for practitioners in various domains like computer vision and natural language processing. That's a great point, Paul. Transfer learning enables models to quickly adapt to new tasks, reduces training time, and improves generalization. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up our discussion for today. We've covered the main points of semi-supervised learning techniques and transfer learning. We hope you found this discussion informative, insightful. As always, stay tuned for more exciting topics in the world of machine learning. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the working principles of transfer learning. Transfer learning is a prominent approach in machine learning that leverages knowledge gained from one task to improve performance on another related task. It involves the extraction of knowledge and representations from a source domain or task, and transferring it to a target domain or task. That's right, Paul. The process of transfer learning typically consists of two main steps: pre-training and fine-tuning. In the pre-training step, a deep neural network is trained on a large-scale dataset in the source domain. This allows the network to learn generic features and representations. Once the network has learned these generic features, they are then transferred to the target task through fine tuning. Fine tuning involves training the network with a smaller dataset from the target domain. This step refines the network's weights and biases to make it more specific to the target task, leading to improved performance and reduced training time compared to training from scratch. Transfer learning techniques have become increasingly popular in the field of machine learning due to their ability to leverage pre-trained models to solve new tasks. 
One major benefit of transfer learning is its potential to significantly reduce the amount of labeled data required for training a model from scratch. That's right, Avery. By transferring learned features or knowledge from a pre-trained model, the task of fine-tuning the model on a new dataset becomes more efficient and effective. This is especially useful in scenarios where labeled data is scarce or expensive to obtain. Another benefit of transfer learning is that it can improve the generalization capabilities of a model. By learning common patterns from multiple domains, a model trained using transfer learning can perform better on unseen data, making it more robust and adaptable. However, there are also challenges associated with transfer learning. One challenge is the selection of an appropriate pre-trained model that is relevant to the target task. It's important to choose a model that has learned features and representations that are useful for the target task. That's right, Paul. Another challenge is the potential for negative transfer, where the transferred knowledge from the source task hinders the performance on the target task. Overcoming these challenges requires careful consideration of the similarities and differences between the source and target tasks, as well as proper fine-tuning strategies to adapt the pre-trained model for optimal performance. Transfer learning has revolutionized various domains by enabling the application of pre-trained models to new tasks or datasets. In the field of computer vision, transfer learning has been extensively used for image classification, object detection, and segmentation. Pre-trained models such as VGGNet and ResNet have proven to be highly effective in image recognition tasks, achieving state-of-the-art performance. Absolutely, Paul. In the medical domain, transfer learning has facilitated the diagnosis of diseases by leveraging pre-trained models on large-scale datasets. Natural language processing has also greatly benefited from transfer learning, where models like BERT and GPT have been employed for tasks such as sentiment analysis, text generation, and question answering. Furthermore, transfer learning has found applications in fields like recommender systems, speech recognition, and even autonomous driving, underscoring its versatility and wide-ranging impact across different domains. That's right, Paul. Transfer learning has truly opened up new possibilities by allowing models to leverage existing knowledge and adapt it to new tasks. It's an exciting area of research and development in machine learning. Absolutely, Avery. Well, that wraps up our discussion for today. We've covered the main points of transfer learning and its benefits and challenges. We hope you found this discussion informative and insightful. As always, stay tuned for more exciting topics in the world of machine learning. And let's not forget about ensemble algorithms. These algorithms combine multiple models to make more accurate predictions. Random forests and gradient boosting are common ensemble algorithms used in supervised learning. Lastly, there are neural networks, which are complex algorithms that mimic the functioning of the human brain. They are used for various tasks such as image classification and natural language processing. Now let's dive deeper into some of these algorithms. Decision trees are a popular machine learning technique used for both classification and regression tasks. They are constructed using a hierarchical structure where each internal node represents a test on an attribute, each branch represents the outcome of the test, and each leaf node represents a class label or a predicted value. Decision trees have the advantage of being interpretable, as the model can easily be visualized and understood. They can handle both numerical and categorical data, and can even handle missing values. 
However, decision trees are prone to overfitting, which means they may perform poorly on unseen data. That's where ensemble methods like random forests and gradient boosting come in. These methods combine multiple decision trees to improve the model's overall performance and generalization. By averaging the predictions of multiple decision trees, ensemble algorithms can reduce overfitting and make more accurate predictions. Another commonly used algorithm is linear regression. It's a supervised learning algorithm that predicts the value of a continuous target variable based on one or more input features. Linear regression assumes a linear relationship between the input variables and the output variable. Exactly, Paul. And linear regression finds the best fit line that minimizes the sum of squared differences between the predicted and actual values. It does this using the ordinary least squares method, which estimates the coefficients of the linear equation. These coefficients represent the slope and intercept of the linear regression model. However, linear regression does have some assumptions. It assumes that the relationship between variables is linear and that there is no multicollinearity or heteroscedasticity in the data. Moving on to logistic regression, it's a widely used classification algorithm that models the relationship between independent variables and a binary outcome. Logistic regression is not a regression algorithm, despite its name. It's actually a binary classification algorithm. Logistic regression estimates probabilities using the sigmoid function, which maps any real-valued number into a value between zero and one. By estimating the best parameters for the linear equation using maximum likelihood estimation, logistic regression can predict discrete outcomes based on independent variables. Logistic regression is a powerful tool for solving classification problems, especially when the outcome variable is binary and the independent variables are easily interpretable. It's computationally efficient and performs well in many domains, making it a popular choice in various fields. Absolutely. Avery, supervised learning techniques have their advantages, such as their ability to handle complex and non-linear relationships. With the use of appropriate algorithms, supervised learning can effectively learn and predict outcomes, even when the relationship between input and output variables is intricate. And one major advantage of supervised learning is the ability to evaluate and measure accuracy by comparing the model's predictions to the actual output values. We can continuously improve the model's performance over time. However, supervised learning also has its limitations. One major limitation is the dependence on labeled data. Supervised learning models require a large amount of labeled data for training, which can be time-consuming and expensive to acquire. Not only that, Paul, supervised learning techniques may struggle when dealing with unstructured or text-heavy data, as they heavily rely on numerical representations. And that brings us to the end of today's discussion. We hope you found it informative and gained a better understanding of the different types of supervised learning algorithms and their advantages and limitations. If you have any questions or want to learn more about any specific algorithm or topic related to machine learning, feel free to reach out to us. We're always here to help. Today, we're going to discuss unsupervised learning techniques in machine learning. Unsupervised learning is a subset of machine learning that focuses on discovering patterns or structures in unlabeled data. That's right, Paul. Unlike supervised learning, which requires labeled data for training, unsupervised learning prioritizes learning from raw data to uncover hidden patterns or relationships. It doesn't rely on prior labeling or categorization. Exactly. 
One commonly used technique in unsupervised learning is clustering. Clustering involves identifying groups or clusters within a dataset based on similarities or distances between data points. It helps us understand the relationships between different data points. Clustering is often used in various fields such as data analysis, pattern recognition, and image processing. It allows us to classify unlabeled data into distinct groups based on similarities in the data. This can be a powerful tool for discovering hidden patterns and identifying groups within complex datasets. Another technique in unsupervised learning is dimensionality reduction. This technique aims to reduce the number of variables or dimensions in a dataset while retaining important information. High-dimensional datasets can be computationally complex and prone to overfitting. That's right, Paul. As the number of features increases, the computational complexity also grows exponentially. Dimensionality reduction helps us handle high-dimensional datasets more effectively by selecting a subset of the most informative features or transforming the original features into a lower-dimensional space. One popular method for dimensionality reduction is principal component analysis, PCA. PCA identifies the axes of maximum variance in the dataset and projects the data onto these axes. By retaining only the most significant components, PCA effectively reduces the dimensionality of the dataset without sacrificing important information. Other methods for dimensionality reduction include linear discriminant analysis, LDA, and t-distributed stochastic neighbor embedding (TSNE). Each method has its own specific applications and advantages. Unsupervised learning techniques have various applications in real-world scenarios. For example, in marketing, unsupervised learning can be used for customer segmentation, where similar customers are grouped together based on their purchasing behavior or preferences. In the field of cybersecurity, unsupervised learning techniques like anomaly detection can help identify unusual patterns or behaviors that may indicate a potential security threat. This can be crucial in protecting sensitive information and preventing cyber attacks. Unsupervised learning is also valuable in data mining. It can be used for data pre-processing, where it helps to clean and organize unstructured data, making it more suitable for further analysis and modeling. Absolutely. Unsupervised learning techniques provide valuable insights from unstructured data and can contribute to the advancement of machine learning algorithms. They allow us to explore the underlying structure of the data and discover hidden patterns or relationships that may not be apparent in a solely supervised learning approach. So to summarize, unsupervised learning is a machine learning technique that aims to discover patterns or structures in unlabeled data. It uses clustering algorithms and dimensionality reduction techniques to identify similarities and groupings within the dataset. It has various applications in marketing, cybersecurity, and data mining. That's right. One major advantage of unsupervised learning is that it doesn't require labeled data for training. This means it can be applied to large datasets where manual labeling would be time-consuming or impractical. It also allows for the discovery of new patterns and relationships in data that may not be apparent through supervised learning methods. Additionally, unsupervised learning techniques are scalable and can easily accommodate new data without the need for retraining. However, it's important to note that unsupervised learning also has its limitations. Without labeled data, it can be difficult to evaluate the quality and accuracy of the learned models.
And the outcomes of unsupervised learning might not always be interpretable or explainable, which can limit their application in certain domains where interpretability is crucial. That's a great point. Now let's shift our focus to reinforcement learning. Reinforcement learning is a type of learning that involves an agent interacting with an environment and learning to make optimal decisions in order to maximize a reward signal. Right. In reinforcement learning, the agent explores the environment by taking actions and learns from the outcomes of those actions to adjust its future actions and maximize its rewards. This learning process is often modeled as a Markov decision process, where the agent's actions influence the current state of the environment, and the state in turn affects the possible future states and rewards. The agent learns through feedback in the form of rewards or punishments based on its actions, which helps it learn the optimal policy for action selection. Reinforcement learning has been successfully applied in various domains such as robotics, control systems, and game-playing agents. Reinforcement learning techniques like hue learning and deep hue networks have been widely used to improve the decision-making capabilities of AI agents. By incorporating reinforcement learning techniques into machine learning, researchers aim to develop intelligent systems that can learn and adapt in dynamic environments. Absolutely, reinforcement learning allows machines to autonomously learn to make decisions and improve their performance in complex environments. It's a key concept within the field of machine learning that has practical applications ranging from robotics and game playing to automated driving and recommendation systems. To sum it up, reinforcement learning involves an agent interacting with its environment, taking actions based on its current state, and receiving feedback in the form of rewards or punishments. The goal is to learn a policy that maximizes cumulative rewards over time. And through reinforcement learning, machines can autonomously make decisions and improve their performance in complex environments. That's right, and there are a few key components of reinforcement learning that work together to achieve this. Firstly, there's the agent, which is the learning algorithm or system that interacts with the environment. The environment can be anything from a physical system to a simulated virtual world. Right, and the agent's actions are guided by a policy, which is a set of rules or strategies that dictate its actions based on the state of the environment. The policy can be deterministic, meaning it always chooses the same action for a given state, or stochastic, meaning it chooses actions probabilistically. Exactly. And another important concept in reinforcement learning is the value function. Value functions evaluate the expected rewards of different states or state action pairs. This allows the agent to understand the long-term consequences of its actions and make informed decisions. And with these components working together, the agent is able to learn from past experiences and optimize its behavior to maximize reward accumulation. It starts by exploring different actions randomly. But as it gains more experience through trial and error, it updates its policy to make better decisions. So, in summary, reinforcement learning involves an agent interacting with an environment, using a policy to dictate its actions, and utilizing value functions to evaluate the expected rewards. This combination enables the agent to learn and optimize its behavior over time. Absolutely, and it's important to note that the environment plays a crucial role in reinforcement learning. In supervised learning, the model learns from labeled data, but in reinforcement learning, the environment defines the rewards and penalties that help the agent learn optimal policies. That's right. The environment also affects the generalization ability of the model. 
If the learned model fails to generalize well to unseen data in the test environment, it indicates a lack of robustness in the model. So understanding and modeling the environment is essential for effective and reliable machine learning. Rewards are another critical component of reinforcement learning. The agent learns to take actions in the environment to maximize a cumulative reward signal. Rewards can be positive or negative and provide feedback on the quality of the agent's actions. Positive rewards reinforce desired behaviors, while negative rewards discourage undesirable behaviors. And determining the rewards can be challenging, as it requires careful consideration of the desired outcomes and the behavior that leads to them. There's also the issue of delayed rewards, where the consequences of an action may not be immediately apparent. Techniques like discounting future rewards and using eligibility traces help address this challenge. So rewards are fundamental in shaping the agent's behavior and guiding it towards desirable outcomes. It's through this feedback mechanism that the agent learns and improves its decision-making abilities. Absolutely. Now let's talk about some examples of reinforcement learning algorithms. One popular algorithm is Q-learning. It's commonly used in decision-making and optimization problems. Q-learning updates an action value function based on the rewards obtained from each action taken in a given state. Another example is the policy gradient algorithm, which directly learns a policy parameterization by computing and optimizing the gradient of the expected return. This algorithm has been successfully applied in domains like robotics and game playing. And we can't forget deep key networks, DQNs, which combine deep neural networks and key learning. DQNs enable more efficient and accurate learning in complex and high-dimensional state spaces. They've gained significant attention in recent years. These examples showcase the versatility and effectiveness of reinforcement learning algorithms in solving real-world problems. Whether it's Q-learning, policy gradient, or DQNs, these algorithms have proven their ability to navigate complex environments and achieve goals. And that wraps up our discussion for today. Reinforcement learning is a powerful technique within machine learning, allowing machines to learn and improve their decision making in complex environments. Understanding its components, such as the agent, environment, rewards, and algorithms, is crucial for effective and reliable machine learning. Absolutely, and one of the key advancements in reinforcement learning is the incorporation of deep learning techniques. Deep reinforcement learning combines deep learning with reinforcement learning, allowing algorithms to learn directly from raw sensory input, such as images or sounds. That's right. By leveraging deep learning's ability to automatically learn hierarchies of representations, deep reinforcement learning algorithms are able to handle high-dimensional or continuous state and action spaces. This makes them particularly useful for tasks that require complex decision making in realistic environments. However, it's important to note that deep reinforcement learning also comes with its own set of challenges. One of the main challenges is sample efficiency. Deep reinforcement learning algorithms often require a large amount of data and exploration to converge to optimal solutions. This can be time-consuming and inefficient. Another challenge is the stability of learning. Deep reinforcement learning algorithms can be sensitive to hyperparameters, and their performance can be highly variable. Ensuring stable and reliable learning is crucial for their effective implementation. And lastly, generalization to new environments is another challenge. Deep reinforcement learning algorithms may struggle to apply what they have learned in one environment to new and unseen environments. 
This limits their applicability and requires further research to improve their generalization capabilities. Absolutely. Now let's shift gears and talk about the advantages and limitations of reinforcement learning techniques in general. One major advantage is the ability for autonomous decision-making in dynamic and uncertain environments. This is particularly useful in complex domains where explicit instruction is difficult to obtain. That's right. Reinforcement learning techniques have also shown great success in solving challenging problems, such as game-playing in robotics. They can continuously adapt and learn from the environment, leading to improved performance over time. However, there are limitations to reinforcement learning as well. One major limitation is the high computational requirements, especially when dealing with large state and action spaces. This can make training and implementation time consuming and resource-intensive. Additionally, the reliance on trial and error-based learning can be time-consuming and inefficient. Reinforcement learning algorithms often require a large amount of data and exploration to converge to optimal solutions. This can be a drawback in domains where data is limited or costly to collect. So while reinforcement learning techniques offer numerous advantages, it's important to consider their limitations and challenges when applying them in practice. Researchers are continually exploring techniques to address these challenges and improve the performance and applicability of reinforcement learning algorithms. Now let's move on to ensemble learning techniques. Ensemble learning has gained popularity in the field of machine learning for its ability to improve predictive accuracy by combining multiple learning algorithms. Exactly. Ensemble learning is like having a team of experts, where each individual model provides its own prediction or decision. By aggregating the outputs of diverse individual models, the ensemble is able to overcome the limitations of any single model. There are different approaches to ensemble learning, such as bagging, boosting, and stacking. Bagging involves training multiple models on different subsets of the training data and then averaging their predictions. Boosting focuses on iteratively training weak models and assigning higher weights to misclassified instances. These ensemble learning techniques have shown significant success in improving the accuracy and overall performance of machine learning models. By leveraging the collective intelligence of multiple models, ensemble learning can enhance the robustness and reliability of predictions. Now let's dive into semi-supervised learning techniques. Semi-supervised learning is a type of machine learning technique that involves training a model on a small labeled dataset along with a large unlabeled dataset. The goal of semi-supervised learning is to combine both labeled and unlabeled data to improve the model's performance. This approach is particularly useful when acquiring labeled data is expensive or time-consuming. One common technique used in semi-supervised learning is self-training. In self-training, the model generates pseudo-labels for the unlabeled data and uses them to update its parameters iteratively. This process helps the model leverage the additional unlabeled data to improve its predictions. Another technique in semi-supervised learning is entropy minimization. This technique aims to minimize uncertainty by selecting unlabeled examples with low entropy and labeling them. By doing so, the model can reduce its uncertainty and improve its performance. However, semi-supervised learning also comes with challenges. One of the risks is including incorrect or noisy labeled data, which can negatively impact the model's performance. Careful consideration and quality control are crucial when utilizing semi-supervised learning techniques. Overall, semi-supervised learning techniques offer a promising avenue for improving machine learning models 
by leveraging both labeled and unlabeled data. They can be particularly useful in scenarios where labeled data is limited or expensive to obtain. And that wraps up our discussion for today. We've covered the main points of deep reinforcement learning, the advantages and limitations of reinforcement learning techniques, ensemble learning techniques, and semi-supervised learning techniques. We hope you found this discussion informative and insightful. As always, stay tuned for more exciting topics in the world of machine learning. Today, we're going to dive into the topic of semi-supervised learning techniques. These techniques have gained popularity in the field of machine learning because they offer advantages over both supervised and unsupervised methods. That's right, Paul. One major advantage of semi-supervised learning is its ability to leverage large amounts of unlabeled data. This additional information can greatly enhance the learning process and improve the performance of the algorithms. Absolutely. By utilizing unlabeled data, semi-supervised algorithms can achieve better performance and generalize well to unseen instances. This is especially useful in scenarios where obtaining labeled data is expensive or time-consuming. That's a great point, Paul. Semi-supervised techniques are often more cost-effective compared to fully supervised learning because they require fewer labeled examples. This can save a lot of resources while still achieving good results. However, it's important to note that there are limitations to these approaches as well. One major challenge is the reliance on the assumption that the distribution of unlabeled data is similar to that of the labeled data. But in reality, this may not always hold true. 